The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Couture, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Hey everybody, welcome to the Winemakers. I'm John Myers. I'm here with Brian Casey and Bart Hansen. How are you guys doing today? Good afternoon. Doing well, John. Yeah, so another beautiful week in Sonoma, California. It's getting to be, um, shall we say, the usual event and kind of normal right now, right? It's actually warm out in the car today. I mean, it's it's hot. Yeah, I looked at the temp coming in. It was uh, 84, yeah. and uh, that's got to be beautiful on your vines. It's uh, everything's waking up. We'll put it that way. Everything's waking up. Well, you know, like last year was our really dry year or, or the year before also, right? Yeah. Uh, the last two years have been quite dry. Yes. So go back to 2014, 15 and 16, and this being 17. In 15, we had what about a 50% crop or less? Correct. In because, some cases, uh, less than 50%. Yeah. And uh, maybe somewhere around 30%. Um, but I hear all the fruit was beautiful. That's, that's the comment everybody's made. Yeah, well, I mean, remember, we are marketers as well as uh, production people. And, I don't believe um, that for a minute. You know, I, there's certain wine organizations that have always done a very good t- uh, job at uh, making sure that every year is a great year. Um, uh, you sound like the French. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bart, uh, you've got Dane Cellars. It's your passion project. Uh, you've been doing it for how long now? Seven or eight years? We started in uh, 2007 was the first vintage um, that we made wine, but we weren't selling wine in 2009 or 2010. Well, I've got a lot of 2012s. In, yeah, in the uh, case. Well, so. thank you. We're we're uh, we're actually getting low on the tw- 2012 really? Cabernet. We're down below 15 cases. Ooh, okay. I better take a yeah. couple more. So that's <laughs> yeah. a good thing. So and, and Bart, just uh, yesterday, the day before, I was at our local market, Oliver's, and saw they had a nice little write up on the Chenin Blanc. And really, they still have it. That's awesome. You right. are listening to Brian Casey Smalier and. Well, now, what is your title at Sante? Which so, uh, is I am the, on the floor serving at Sante. I have... Um, on the floor serving at Sante, which is the busiest restaurant, finest restaurant in the entire area. Definitely not the busiest. Um, maybe one of the finest, The you know, coming from the Girl in the Fig, where we were extremely busy every day. It's, um, it's nice to have a little um, change of pace. And at Sante, we go at a little slower pace. You can do a chef's seasonal tasting menu where you can do seven, nine courses. I gotta, um, I gotta say something though. I don't think being part of 1100 covers a day would be a particularly nice feeling as a restaurant goer. I'd much rather uh, take it a little easier and maybe Learn a little bit more about the food. Spend a little more time well, with you know, it. You know yeah. what I used to say when we would hire servers? I say I'm looking for a jet fighter pilot who wants to take a little time off and serve food because you need someone that can go a thousand miles an hour and make decisions um, at light speed. And um, that's that's the girl in the fig. If um, you know if you're working there, you're you're hopping. Well, on the other hand, I've learned a lot about Rome wines from you. Right. And we are drinking neither 
of these wines today are Rhone wines. Uh, when Joan and I were in uh, Paris, we had a friend of ours closing their uh, Bordeaux-style restaurant, and they tossed us a beautiful uh, Saint-Emilion Grand Cru 2011, uh, a bottle that I would not ordinarily buy. A little expensive at retail for me in a restaurant, and it had, the, had it not been... You know, tossed at us because they were... What are we talking about? Expensive. How much are we talking here? Um, I think 70 on the menu. Okay, I got to know before I try it. So I know, uh, if, I, it, so I know if, if, if I say it's good. I, I try and stick... You know, I, look, I'm in, I'm in France. In Bart, I just gave you some photos of, of the place that Joan and I stayed and you and Terry yep. did your honeymoon in. I mean, Hot de Loire. In Anzane. Yeah. And... Uh, I try and not go to the very bottom of the list, and I try and stick with, you know, well, I love Bordeaux, brought up on them. And, um, but in, in the, whether in the Rhone region, in Burgundy or whatever, in Burgundy, wines immediately start being pricey, right at the bottom of the list. It's crazy 49, right now. 49, yeah. 89, 159, 429. You know, it's really silly. And yeah. those are in... Euros, right. also. So. Yeah, my couple of experiences in buying wine in France is that if you're in Burgundy, you buy the Rhone, and if you're in the Rhone, then you buy the Loire, and you buy out of the. Uh, and we did. You buy out of the uh, the area that you're in. We found a guy uh, at a place called Volupia, right along the Loire River, heading down to Amboise. So it would be right on the other side of Anseine, cross the river, and head down south. Or to the right and it's a little it's carved into limestone yeah and it's just it's called the loire bar and he serves all these different loire wines beautiful stuff and it's like troglodytes used to live in this place um well i mean honestly the, those are whole communities that are built right. into those uh those cliffs i mean that's Fascinating the closest that. thing to that I could describe them as. And it's interesting. You have these big cliffs on one side and it's flat on the other. And that was, you know, I mean, 60 million years ago or whatever, when those tectonic plates came together, one crushes up against the other. That's why you have the big mountains on the one side and, and all they, you know. But along there, I was really trying to keep it. Every meal, no matter what, was 80 euros. I mean, even lunch is, you know, 20, 20, and 40. So, right. uh, you know, the, and the... Because you don't want to, you want you don't want cheap out. But nonetheless, uh, got the nice uh, Merlot going here with the Bordeaux, and then you brought a '94 Burgundy. This is a uh, yeah '94 Pinot, which that's beautiful. I I don't want to sound pretentious. I don't normally carry around wines like these. I just happen to have a fortuitous situation where someone wanted to get rid of their cellar. So over the past three or four months or so I've had access to some nice wines and have been more than willing to share with people because I don't want to sit at home and just drink this um, <laughs> myself. I think it's nice to share and so it other is. people can try. And, it and, is, um, and especially on the air, you know. I right. mean, well, you know, and we, and we want to talk about wines that are, uh, and continually talk about wines that are affordable. But, man, if you have a chance to taste this, it's like, wow. Aged uh, wines are a, wine. are a different yeah. thing. I mean, I don't know that this Burgundy was necessarily a um, very expensive wine. Grand right. Cru. It's no, it's, it's, it's not, not a, a Premier it's, Cru. It's, it's not a Grand Cru. This is, you know, this is it's just a little a, step above a Village wine. Cru Bourgeois. Um, 
but um, it's definitely um, old school and it's got some funk going on. Right. That's oh, for sure. Does. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Very brown yeah. by comparison. This Merlot is really deep purple. So, well, you know, we we talked last week about um, choosing wines that are affordable, and we were we were joking after the show about going to a store and picking a bottle, going out to the parking lot, opening it and trying it, and seeing if you like it, then go buy a half a case. This or, has become one of the new things here in California. Is is grocery outlet bargain market people will go in and they i think what they do is they buy the end runs or if a winery you know is about to bottle and they have a lot of cases left over and they need space then then they sell it to them at a extreme discount and then they offer it to the public you know and you're getting wines for anywhere between three and ten dollars a bottle which is great and sometimes you're finding stuff i've found stuff there that i will pay five or six dollars for and I'll go on the website of the winery and they're still selling that wine for <laughs> twenty thirty dollars yeah I, I know there was a winery in particular that was purchased by a larger winery and for months after that my father-in-law was buying Syrah at grocery outlet from this very prestigious winery and right. they you know new label design knew everything and they just dumped it they and dumped um, everything huh? they just dumped it and you know he, it was it's his greatest the find ever Kenwood. Uh, when they when they took away Kenwood Red, that was their their grocery store market. You know, I mean, all that's their eight dollar bottle. Yeah, you know, I four bucks a glass at the Jack London Pub. Yeah, that um, I mean, that used to be a well. When I worked there, that was a four dollar <laughs> bottle of wine. It was the best, and it was almost all Zinfandel, like Lodi Old Vines. Then it was the right. best deal around. Right. Um, it was great, excellent. I loved it. Bought it for years. Are they then, not making it anymore? No, they dumped it all. Mark. Uh, Stupich is gone. Yeah, and brought in you know they right. brought in some new winemakers, but he said, he told me a story about the you know the new owners coming in taking his best of his best and basically tasting it and pouring it out and saying now we're getting rid of all of this and I'm not sure that you can rebrand somebody who's known for eight dollar bottles on the shelf at either. You know, the uh, Costco or, well, or I mean, nationwide in a supermarket. Yeah, but you have to understand something. I mean. Kenwood, when I worked in Kenwood from 86 to 98, you know, we were, we, we were the, uh, call it 250, 300,000 cases. And we made the, the vintage red and vintage white, which was, you know, 499, f- you know, 399, 499 a bottle, all the way up to the, you know, artist series Cabernet, which was um, 60 to $70, which at the time was quite a bit. Jacqueline and cabs were $50. And, and then Corbell and then Corbell bought them and kind of, and I shouldn't be saying this live, but it's true. I mean, Corbell basically drug them down, you know, it's $8 Chardonnay and $5 Sauvignon Blanc and Jack London. I think you can find them for about 25 bucks now. So something happened. And so I understand the new owner's reasoning wanted to bring it back to where it was, but it's going to be tough. It is. But, I mean, Joel Peterson with Ravenswood has kept that alive, and, and the product doesn't really change year to year. You can't tell an older vintage from a new vintage, really. <laughs> but So now that you know how much this was in a restaurant and how they price it, is it a good, <laughs> good wine? And, I, and it, I was joking about pretty, that because I, I, I actually like when you get to try a wine and you don't, know, you don't know anything about it. And so then you really just get to decide whether you like it or not. Um, 
because I think when you tell people the price uh, of, of a wine, if it's more expensive, they tend to like it a little bit more. Uh, I, I need a steak with this. This this would be really good yeah. with a steak. Little, yeah. uh, little uh, Point Reyes blue cheese, local blue yeah. cheese here. and um, Absolutely. And you're off to the races. So what goes with uh, the yeah. uh, burgundy? Mushrooms. Wait. Mushrooms? <laughs> I haven't had those since college. Chicken right? and mushrooms. Uh, <laughs> duck with a little dirty rice. Yeah. I think it would be um, good. It's pretty earthy. Right. Duck. Uh, boy, you know, it, it was so interesting that my friends had such a hard time getting duck uh, because of the avian flu in France. You know, here they are killing flocks by the hundreds of thousands and trying very hard to, you know, get a, a product that they make their living off of. Well, that's strange. I, and you know what I didn't think about when you told me that is not only that, but probably no foie, no foie gras now, no duck Not going to happen. Right? Goose. So, that's it. Right. So you know, the goose, I mean, the goose, goose are running scared yeah. right now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, as they... As they call the herd, and now it's going you know, it's uh, we need to save a glass for that of that for yeah. Sam. He as he is coming back, should make the show today. Sam who? Sam Katuri on special assignment today, and uh, but I am here, John Myers. I'm here with uh, Bart Hansen and Brian Casey. You know, we, and while, we are the winemakers. While Sam's gone, can we can we go back and revisit the the idea of affordable wine here in California? Because this is something that is near and dear to to my heart because i'm an everyday wine drinker yeah and for me i want to drink local wines i want to drink a nice bottle of wine but here in sonoma or napa it's challenging to find some i I don't make a ton of money i'm not a a techie guy working over at google or yahoo that's you know has a seller at my house that i can pay you know 50 100 200 for a bottle of wine nobody can I don't know anybody that can. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, oh, so, so what's affordable at the market? Under 30, under 40? And I think typically, you know, for me over the last 10, 15 years has been, you've had to go to imports. You've had to go to Italian or Spanish or French sort of table wines because they seem to have more of that mentality of an everyday drinking wine that's on the table for dinner that you're not paying a ton of money for and the quality's good so i bart i know his chenin blanc sells for about uh, 11 or 12 something like that at oliver then to me that's great but um, see those i mean one thing you have to understand is those are grapes from clarksburg right that i only paid 500 dollars a ton for right now the next chenin blanc that's going to come out I, you know it's organically farmed over 50 year old chenin blanc from mendocino county and it's two thousand dollars a ton right so i am going to have to unfortunately increase the price of that but i think it's going to be worth it because it's a much nicer wine and and i agree i've actually tasted it thank thank you in uh, welcome uh, in tank and in barrel and um and i like the mid 20 dollar price range well, i turned around the other day and looked at an old friend's wine that had gone to 40 and i said nah so i turned around and bought another one of yours yeah i, I so I, it's just I, you like, know for, <sighs> You can't do that. Right. That's why I drink the Han. You know, right. the Han is a Grenache Syrah Movedre blend with Grenaches, most of it. Right. And as Good. you've told me, it, it's there's nothing wrong with that product. wine. That all, wine you know? is a solid wine. And that's the kind of wine I'm talking about. But that is a larger production. And you're talking about Central Coast fruit. Right. What I would just love to see is someone in the Sonoma area be able to make just an everyday drinking wine 
that I could support local and have a decent bottle of can wine they on do the it? table at that price. I, I don't know. I mean, is it land well, Bart, it, well, or Well, I, I guess the question is, is what is your price? I, I think $12. How about that? Let's just put it out there, $12. Well, okay, the Han is 14 at Sonoma Market. It's 8 on sale at Rite Aid. Right. I mean, yes, Bingo. you can find... You could find a local producer that can make a wine like that, but it's probably not going to be from Sonoma County fruit. Right. And, you know, well, that's, how the, how much that's, is the, that's the price of quality. And we are a quality-driven, um, you know. But, I mean, I, I, that's not entirely true. I, I don't know. What is, um, you know, uh, Benziger, cr- Chardonnay. Cross that line Chardonnay, into Napa, you know, and you're at $100 to start with. Right. That's silly. I mean, I just can't do that. Or drinking yeah. off things, drinking Chenin Blanc, drinking Gewurz or Riesling, drinking right. things from Mendocino. Right. I mean, I think there's things out there. Um, it's just a more limited market. Well, it's actually a bigger market. But um, Part of the fun, though, is going through the process of finding all those wines. Yes, right. you know, and, um, it took me a while to find the Han. Yeah. You know, but I, it was because I started drinking Rhone wines, right? And I knew about Grenache and Syrah and Mavedre. Now, uh, now, it is nice when you you know get a friends and family discount. You join a club, you know the people, etc., and you get a decent deal. Joy Benzinger at Imagery. I mean, I I like the Imagery product much better than the Benzinger product. Um, it just tastes better. And the prices are <laughs> equal or less. Hear that, Joe? Well, prettier uh, labels uh, too, right? Um, I don't care about the label as much as I do the wine. Well, honestly. I mean, to, to he, be fair to the Benziger product is, you know, Joey's wines for imagery. They're all the other varieties. It's you know, that's right. It's Petit not just Gras, Cabernet, Merlot, yeah. Sauvignon Blanc, Chardonnay, and Pinot. Mm-hmm. And um, quite frankly, they're more interesting wines. Um, he has a higher price point, so therefore, Not much. Nah. still, um, still in the yes. thirty, yeah, to forty dollars under forty dollars. Correct, price range. correct. But Unless it's, you're buying an 06 cap, right? right. Yeah. But it, but again, it's it's still it's a they're paying more for the grapes, a little bit higher quality farmed than the typical um, white label, so to speak, over on the Benziger side. Do vintages, do years mean anything in American wine? Like they do French wine. Well, uh, you know, this year, well, I guess we'll find out with the weather that the French are having. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, we just, I sent you that article that the uh, French got hit with frost um, just, what, two, two or three days ago. Yeah. And it was in Bordeaux, it was in Champagne, and in Burgundy. They lost up to half of their crop. That's incredible. Uh, now, it was beautiful weather when we were there, and I didn't see much bud break at all right so can it damage it when it's still not blooming it freeze the buds and that's and it. kill the buds and they don't ever grow half the crop jesus i wow. mean you know does the, oh. does the vintage matter here in california yeah it absolutely does not as much as it might in france uh because but global warming or, or climate change is going to change that also because things that were on the edge of getting ripe now aren't going to have as much problem getting ripe Right. I mean, let's face it, in Burgundy, there were times where they used to really have to work to get enough sugar to, um, you know, get the amount of alcohol content they want. And things are changing. It's They're having warmer vintages. Their wines are higher in sugar. They're higher in alcohol. So when you're like Joel Peterson, the godfather, and 
You know, I was actually at a tasting one time, and it was a zap tasting, and I was for Benziger, and I was sitting, uh, my table was right next to Joel, and when I walked in, he was standing there in his cowboy hat with a halo <laughs> over his head. I mean, honestly, with the way the light hit it, it was like, da-da, Joel Peterson, and I walked in, and I kind of applauded him. Yeah, he's a great guy, he's a great and, he, guy. and he's yeah. done wonders for California wine. He has. really has. I mean, I love Absolutely. That used to be my hunt. And I finally got over, it was working the zap that I helped me get over Zen, basically. Right. I mean, uh, there, we had so many people who made Zins. Now Jeff Cohn is moving into the square. Yep. And his Casada Zen, yep. which is that little nest behind Pagani Ranch. Right. It's the best damn Zen I've ever had. Wow. Just, you just, you just gave me a bottle, so I can't wait to open it. Did he? Yeah. Oh, we, man, it is so good. You will not believe it. Exactly. He fermented that in um, terracotta, I believe he told me. Ooh. See, that's cool. You know, people are doing it, you know, cement, whether it's cement or and, and terracotta. I've heard of that they, in Australia, too. And the Romans used to do that. You go to Barcelona yeah. and see the old Roman. Yeah, there's a Roman, couple of right? producers now that are selling. There's there's a lot of options now. Matter of fact, at the, uh, the trade show over in Sacramento in January, um, one of the companies, they didn't try to bring the... Um, they didn't try to bring the M4s inside. They just stuck them on a truck and have them drive around the convention center for two days. And that started a buzz. Wow. Marketing. Marketing. That's it, man. It is. Honestly. But at, at any rate, um, yeah, Jeff's a very good winemaker. And, uh, we saw him down at A7 this weekend and uh, looking forward to Hell, everybody's uh, having him on the, in the valley. Everybody's calling. So. Well, that's a good thing about live radio. That's perfect. How phone calls, you know, when the dog barks, et cetera, you know, somebody comes in, et cetera. But, uh, you know, it, it is interesting. We're sitting here in Sonoma, California. It's a beautiful week um, of, of 80 plus degrees, sunshine, and absolutely spectacular. What's happening with the tourism, Brian? You see it firsthand. It's just getting going, you know. Um this is about the time of year where we start ramping up. You see all the restaurants and the hotels start hiring. They, uh, you see a lot of orientation going on, and, and we're getting ready. It, it, and it's more and more every year, and it's, it seems to be a longer season every year. Uh, it used to be that people had weddings in June. Uh, now they have weddings in November now, now and December. Now they have bachelorette parties in March. They, they <laughs> yeah, they had one next door to us a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damn, VRBOs. Oh, boy. Ooh. Yeah, you know, living next to one is is okay sometimes when it's nice and rainy and you don't care and right. you know if the people are nice, but when they get outside and get reckless, it's a little crazy. I stand on my porch and yell, and I'm a crotchety old man. Well, I live in a college town <laughs> not too far from here, so we've got college girls in front of us, on we, the side of us, and behind yeah. us. And I tell you, they'll. Uh, um, I tell my wife it's horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh -huh. They're okay. so loud and obnoxious. Uh huh. Yeah. And what wine are they drinking? You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't think they drink a lot of wine. I see a lot of uh, Gatorade being drunk. I don't know what's in those Gatorade bottles, but uh, well, you don't go through their recycling. I don't. No. no. <laughs> uh, the people next door to us this week have uh, have been picked up both days uh, in the last two by limos, and you know, you've been on our street. You can't get down there with a limo. I just right. told the guy. Back your ass right on out and pick them up down there because you can't turn around down here. Forget it. You can't do it. You can't make them walk in those heels down that road. Uh, 
it's a paved road. It's all it's okay. okay. <laughs> you know, and they can they can pick them up and they can park, you know, but they cannot turn around. Our, you can't do it. I had somebody working on my, you know, I mean, doing some painting and his truck's in the way and my car's out there. You can't turn around a limo there. But that is the essence of the tasting room now where I, you know, I've got to go to imagery to pick up. If I drive by and I see limos, nope, not going in. Not, <laughs> e- not even through the back door because they'll be packed and I, you know, I'll just wait until a Tuesday morning at 10. You know, there are some just, really good tasting rooms, though, that are sort of off the beaten path. And I think if you... Where? Which ones are you thinking of? I would say Loxton. Chris Logston. Mm-hmm. I would say Lassiter is definitely, there's a little neighborhood now, over there Loxton in Glen Ellen. is right behind Lassiter, right? Uh, Lassiter is, is just down the street from Logston, yeah. and uh, Wellington is right next door to it. And, and if you want to go somewhere where you're not going to see tourist buses pulling up and you want to have a nice experience and see some old vines, um, then those are the sort of places you should look for, as well as where we are now, of course, at uh, 16600. Yep, we got to talk good about Bart uh, and uh, Sam both. You know, I mean, they, you guys put your lives on the line. That's it, to make uh, everybody happy and make great wine. And that, uh, it's appreciated. Believe I don't know. Me. That's pretty. <laughs> well, you do. I don't you know. put my life on my line. Maybe Thank when you, I, Bart. Maybe when I'm driving the forklift recklessly <laughs> or something. <laughs> All right, let's not take it that seriously. You Stick got, my head in the tank of fermenting juice too you've long. You've got a lot going on that, you know, it's expensive. And it's a, it's a risk that you take, you know. It um, is. You get your one chance and I don't w- screw it up. I wonder about some of these tasting rooms because I know what the rents are on around the square. You know, five $6,000 a month. What do you have to sell in terms of glasses and then cases to pay just the rent and then to pay all your people and then make a profit. I don't know. I, I, I don't know the business model, there, man. Right. There's a, I, I can't speak to that because I don't have a tasting room just for that reason, that I don't have that information. And um, Well, Peter Mathis used to tell me, I don't have a tasting room. If you want a tasting room, go to the girl in the fig. That's right. Well, that's not true anymore because I don't know that they have Mathis Grenache anymore. Oh, but I don't know. but uh, Nonetheless, it's... It's a tough one, you know. Yeah. I mean, how do you get turned down to the good wines? That well, th- but that's expensive. part of the new model, though. And Bart is is a part of that. That there's more and more uh, w- wannabe winemakers and winemakers that, you know, you have these crush pad facilities where you can buy fruit, Cust- custom you can, crush, and get them crushed, and you can do bottling with these trucks that'll pull up, and and then it's up, it's it's on you then at that point to sell the wine. And you turned me on to Joanna at Model Farms. Model Farms. Who has a little part of an acre. Right. She stomps the grapes with her own feet. She does. And and tends the crop and and does the canopying and does everything organically. And she's another part of that model where she's, you know, just like Bart, where, you know, Bart has contacts in the wine world and, and has access sometimes to to facilities where you can get things done. And Joanna's the same. She works for uh, Jamie Kutch, anyone that's had his Pinots. Um, but she's the what, assistant there. What is the... I, I have not had Pinots. Kutch Wines. Kutch, you, can, you can look it up. He's... Um, How do you spell it? Uh, K-U-T-C-H. Is that yeah. right, Bart? K-U-T-C-H. Yeah. Um, okay. Or K-L-U-T-C-H. No, no. I think it's K-U-T-C-H. It's yeah, okay. uh, Kutch. But he's... Um, Siri, one of, those, <laughs> one of those guys that's in the pursuit of balance. He makes just beautiful, elegant, restrained, balanced wines. And uh, Joanna 
and her fiance at the time wanted to make a Syrah and found this beautiful vineyard and they did everything from start to finish and those and those are the I like that yeah incredible and, and she doesn't have a tasting room she's just she's out there and anyone she talks to she you know talks about her wine and and um, all you got to do is get it in someone's mouth I mean the main reason that I don't have a tasting room is because for me to have a tasting room would have to be associated with a winery because that's the one thing that I bring to it is that I actually make the wine. I don't grow the grapes. I buy very good grapes from good growers, but I actually make the wine myself. And so to just have a tasting room on the square, I couldn't close that loop. I couldn't, you know, people would never, unless I was there telling the story every day, then no one would ever really understand that that was the basis of it. Does that make sense? It does. And so therefore, I've just decided that I'm gonna live without a tasting room and, you know, if someday I can find an old barn to have the winery at and then have a tasting room, that'll be another story. But until then, you well, just when, have to find when it. When Joan and I used to come out here 20 years ago and we'd stay at Sonoma Mission Inn, the first place we would go was Sonoma Creek, which is now Larson Family. Wow. And yeah. where did we go to taste the wine? In the barn. Right. With their dogs running right. around. And, you know, we, we always thought that was... Oh, this is great wine. Those are some of my, you know, those you know, are some of my favorite tasting stuff. experiences. I remember um, um, tasting on the on the Napa Sonoma line one day at this this family's house and and in the garage and where they're 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 literally rinsing out the wine glasses with the hose and you're tasting <coughs> the wines. Barons and Hitchcock, I think, and it was mm-hmm. just a great experience. And and those are the ones you remember. Uh, you know, are they still around? Uh, oh, I bet I bet they are. Barons and yeah, they do some serious yeah. wines. I think uh, one of the favorites was Ode to Picasso, which was a, a tribute to their dog. So it had a picture of their dog on the label, and I think people would see it in the store and think sixty dollars for a bottle of wine's got a dog on it. Why would it pay that much money? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good stuff. And by the way, anybody uh, listening, you can always go to our Facebook page, The Winemakers, and. Uh, you can ask us about any of the wines that we've been talking about and uh, find out where to get them and, and how to spell them, et cetera, et cetera. So and can we'll we close also, the loop. Uh, can we put some uh, photos maybe of the wines we've been drinking yeah, today? And yeah, we are. We're, we'll get those on, and, right. and uh, hopefully I can get uh, Takeshi to, uh, uh, since he's got an iPhone, which is always takes better photos than, than a Samsung, to uh, t- take some photos of us today and, and uh, get them on online. And let's... let's Let's turn these bottles around so we appear ultra snotty. I thought, that was, the, I thought that was the whole thing. Is that the <laughs> it is actually the Samsung has the no. nicer phone. Um, I don't mind my phone at all. What I do mind, quite frankly, is the fact that the camera's kind of crappy. <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, I can't, I can't deal with a crappy camera. I'm, I'm a photographer, right? Man, you know, maybe I, that's your problem. I was so sick in France; it was disgusting. And uh, if ter- if guess you would finish up there uh you know and that made getting my photographs even that harder but i chased them down and i got them and when we were in london there are parts of you know london really is it has a shortage of good wine um they just you know i mean oh you can go to a brew pub on every damn corner but if you want wine you know, well, okay. Uh, we had some pretty good French stuff at our little French restaurant right, that we go right. to, La Boudin Blanc, in Mayfair. But there, I'm saying Mayfair. It's you know, the most expensive part of London. Right. And, uh, but uh, I chased down some photos of the old Roman wall from 600 
BC and or whenever. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's it's all but gone now. You can see part of it at the Tower Bridge, right? An old rampart, and we uh, found one right by the London London Museum, and I got a perfect. I mean, a are really they trying to preserve it? No, it's not a, not at all, and it's too bad because I mean, it's such a cool piece. They don't want to they don't want to fix it because then it's new. Right, uh, that is it's not just, historical it's anymore. Just going away, and then down in Avignon, uh, I was staying with Kelly McAuliffe uh, next door to him, who is the only American sum in France, and he is—he's the representative for Rhone wines around the world. Hmm. So he happened to be in Budapest while we were there uh, for several days, uh, but. Avignon is where the popes used to live, and they would fight between Rome and Avignon, where where we're going to actually have the papacy. Hence, Chateauneuf de Pape. Right. And um, there is a bridge, a pont in French, mm -hmm. that is broken three quarters of the way across the river, and and so the Rhone River is spectacular. And I took, so I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy, and Joan said no. I'm going to drive you over to the other side. You're going to get out. You're going to walk. And we did get all these shots. I got the perfect one. I'm very happy about it. And we were happy to go to the place. I was very. It was very cool that you went to on Zane uh, on your honeymoon. That place is still so cool. Yeah. Um, these, you know, there are 5,000 acres of, of hunting attached to that place. Yeah. And when we were at Chambord, um, one day, we, they had the same thing, 5,000 acres of hunting land next to the, the big castle. And we came out and we found a three-star or four-star, one or the other, Michelin restaurant called Bernard Robin's. And I don't, I don't think I ate right for days after eating there. I mean, because I, I went crazy. You know? my, my story for being in Loire was we had driven from Burgundy to the Loire with a Long stop drive. in, with a stop in um, Sancerre yeah. for lunch. And we got in and that night there was no, the restaurant wasn't open at the hotel. So we had to go into town to find something. There's nothing in town. And there was nothing in town. Go to Bois or Bois. And we found one restaurant in Bois and it was the only one open, completely French menu. Nobody spoke English that night. So I asked them what one say? of the, right. I asked them which one of them one of the. Uh, well, no, I think I just ordered something. Just point. I just yeah. pointed yeah. and just ordered it. Right. And it came in, and I said, "Wow, this is really good. What is it?" And they said it's. I uh, said it in French, and I still didn't understand it. And he said it's longfish, and I'm thinking longfish. I said I've never heard of longfish. What could longfish be? I said, can you give me any more description of what longfish is? And he looked, and he kind of held his chin, and he says, in English, it's E-E-L. Eel. And absolutely. it was eel. Eel. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that river eel And it there? was absolutely delicious, but I have never ordered it again. <laughs> <laughs> Joan, Joan got trapped in that in, in uh, Spain. She just won't, doesn't like eel. I mean, it's okay. It's river eel. It's okay. It's not a... More eel, you know. Although I don't, I don't know. It's I don't know if I'd know the difference. Still comes out of the ocean or the river, so it doesn't matter. But I'll eat anything. I don't care. Yeah, it's okay, and then, as long as I have a good wine with it, you know. And so every night I try and pair that Han while I'm getting things ready. 
You know, it's a cheap bottle of wine. Okay, great. Um, and that's where I saved money. And then I hit a Dane or a Mathis or an imagery or not so much a gun lock anymore. Um, kind of out of that. Um, and I've kind of narrowed things down. So that, that's about my stash. Anyway. You're in a rut, John. Yeah, well, that's why it was nice to have you over with all those French, uh, right. all the you know, all the different wines. And right. I've got now to catch you. You didn't tell me that you knew this place, so you're gonna have to tell me about this uh, exactly where I go to this grocery store in Santa Rosa. So it is in Santa Rosa, right? Or is it in uh, we actually uh, Roner Park. Park? We have okay. I, they're all over the place, but uh, Roner Park is the is is my local uh, grocery outlet. What do you drink for dinner, Park? Always your wine or no, never no. your wine? Um, no, we drink our wine without a doubt. Usually if I'm out selling, I always have partials, so we work on those. Yeah. Um, we drink uh, Sauvignon Blanc is usually what we'll have together when we first uh, like David Cook. getting ready for dinner. Um, and then open up something red. And as far as what do I drink, um, you know, I tend to right now I've been drinking a lot of uh, Rhone-based wines from either the Central Coast um, or from France. Uh, we drink uh, quite a bit of Zinfandel still. Um, just from, you know, I, I shop at grocery stores and go to wine shops and, you know, I'm... Do you have a favorite Zin that's a grocery store? A favorite Zin that's grocery store? Oh, Besides your own? Yeah, well, I mean, I like the bedrock wines, <laughs> yeah. you know, Um uh, well, I coming like, from Joel Peterson and, and Ravenswood, that's a, that's a great background. Yeah, I mean, you know, Morgan's got certainly his own style that's, uh, you know, different than his father's, that, um, but it's very good. They're very nice wines. Um, let's see, what else? Well, I, recently I had uh, Chateau Montalena's Infidel, and I thought it was really nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it came out of the grocery store. I don't know if they even sell no. it in the grocery store. It just showed up at my house. But that is where um, they actually shot. The movie, Bottle Shock, which, of course, has a tremendous problem associated with it because they didn't mention Mike Gergich, whose wine really was that one. But there's a lot of that that, you know, I mean, look, I, I, having had discussions with, uh, on the air with both Mr. Kamen and Sam about it, you know, I mean, I liked the movie. It was fun, quote unquote. But I'm really looking forward to uh, Robert Kamen redoing that movie accurately and correctly and i think it's in casting and it's a and it's, production it's now. such a great story um, judgment in paris uh, where right. california wines actually won the blind tasting test well yeah. when was it 76 yeah 76 you know so that's when people started taking california wine seriously um the interesting thing now you guys both know randy hester sure and brooke yep uh, lightning wines just moved to austin texas up and moved and well, Randy's originally from I Texas. saw him when I was down there. Did yeah. you? Yeah, we had coffee. When were you down there? Uh, I was down a couple weeks ago for South by Southwest. A uh, little music? A little music. Yeah, three, how was it? Three intense days. It was awesome. It was awesome. Went out to Willie Nelson's ranch for his uh, South by Southwest party called the Luck Reunion. and um, Nice. Yeah, it was great. But anyway, yeah, talked to Randy about his move. And as Brian was just saying, he's from down there and... I think it was always part of a plan that they would come out here and learn right. winemaking and be right. part of this. And, and he then says they're, back. they're growing grapes 
Texas in the has mountains. they've got a lot going on actually, and it, and a lot of Rhone varietals, uh, Marsan, Rousson, Vignet, and I know uh, Tempranillo does well there. Right. I, I don't Some know Spanish so much yeah. about the uh, Bordeaux varietals, but Texas has been a big consumer of wines, um, both French and domestic, for a long time, and it, and it just makes sense that you know they would be interested in making their own, and I think they've. They've taken what they've learned from France and California, and and they've got some cool stuff going on. Yeah, there. I, I think if anything, from what I understand, they've actually gotten away from, like they know they can't grow Chardonnay and Pinot Noir there, you know, and they're so they're trying to find things that grow well in their um, climate. You know, farming has gotten a lot better everywhere. Winemaking's gotten a lot better everywhere, and you know they're creating their own wine country and people are going there for the weekend and they're eating and drinking that's not any different now, than here now this is way outside of austin this is up oh near sure new, i mean up near new mexico but and, it's still happening and, but i mean I, there's cities out there and there's communities and he said the mountains he's grown on they're you know three four thousand feet high and he's grown on the side which is pretty cool yeah i mean they found a little spot and yeah. they're they're doing it when so. i first got turned on to it when you know at the girl in the fig we have always poured the truchard roussan and i read an article one day that said there was a they had a competition of roussans and number one was the truchard roussan number two was this roussan from texas and i <laughs> i thought really so i actually tracked down the winery and the winemaker and had him send me a couple bottles um and it was incredible. And I think um, just a really nice uh, um, to see other states doing their stuff. You know, all 50 states are doing it, even Alaska and Hawaii. It's not just us. I did see, and for you listeners, there's a great, um, you can go online to Benchmark in Napa, Benchmark Distributors. Oh, yeah. uh, they are, every few months they have a, uh, a bin sale, and uh, I, I saw the Shen Blue there, fifty-five bucks for the 07 Halloween. You know, it's beautiful stuff, and it's one of the ones I brought back. Right. Now we bought a couple magnums of Abelard and drank them around. And where are those? We drank them <laughs> in France. <laughs> All right. I can't bring everything back. Not okay. A, not if I can buy them over at Benchmark. So you can go to Benchmark online and you can find all these incredible wines. So that's part of what we're doing here is turning people on to where you can get good wines. Right. I mean, you can go to Dane Sellers. It, it is DaneSellersOn.com, right? DaneSellers.com. And 16600. Yep. Winer 16600. So you, you can, everything we're tasting and talking about and get in on not only... Brian's uh, stuff uh, in terms of, you know, reasonably priced, but everything organic and, and uh, really tasty, too. So You know, this uh, Burgundy is starting to open up a little bit. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's nice. It's starting yeah. to lose some so, of the So what, what ultimately was your opinion about the Merlot? Decent? Oh, I think it's great. Good. Yeah, um, you know, I haven't had the opportunity to drink a lot of Merlot over the past six seven years just working where i was focusing a lot on roan i had i got to try a nice one the other night and um but this is definitely top notch this is good stuff all right well hey thanks so much for joining us everybody again uh, we are the winemakers 
missing Sam Katuri. He's on special assignment, but he'll be back next week. And Bart Hansen from Dane Sellers and Brian Casey from Sante and Sommelier to the Stars. Well, that one's that one's <laughs> taken, isn't it? <laughs> Sommelier that's, to the Stars. That's Christopher Sawyer. We might have to have we might have to have him on sometime. He oh, was, I, he was supposed he, to be at dinner with us the other night and somehow got out of it. I don't know what happened, but um, yeah, he'd be fun. Well, thanks for everybody for listening. This is John Myers. I appreciate it. And we will see you next week on the Wine Makers. Makers. Wine Makers. Let's say that again. Thank you very much. <laughs> Enjoy. Bye. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you.